GP's top five games. Can he shorten that list a little bit? I don't know. Listen and find out today on. Welcome, everybody, to Press B to Cancel, the greatest podcast you'll listen to uh, until the next one. Today is a special episode in our ongoing series of Top Fives lists of the co-hosts. You've heard my Top Five, Pulse's Top Five, and now another CEO-tastic episode. GP of the Retro Therapy is going to give us his Top Five video games. How's it going, GP? Doing great. How are you? Well, you know, I had that scary bout of hiccups earlier, but I think we'll get through this. As I mute my phone. <laughs> that, was, that was a very magical mute. I like that. That that sound is in my top five. How about that? Oh, I tell you. I've I've been in like list mode all week in preparation for today. My my kids are not happy. <laughs> now now they know where they stand. Children, gather around. <laughs> Give me your top five toys. The rest we're gonna throw out. <laughs> Shit. No. Did somebody actually do that to their kids? Actually, you know what? Growing up, uh, one of the neighbor's parents, that's what they do with their kid. And it's like, even to this day, I like, that's how not to parent. (laughs) That is, no, that is incredibly messed up. Who has, who gives their kids five toys? (laughs) See how I I went a different direction there. Well, you know, growing up, my toy was a, a bucket of dirt. That's how we do it. Nice. Yeah. Uh, no, that's uh, I. I love that you could afford a bucket. <laughs> Were you one of those kids with the wiffle ball and not the bat? <laughs> not the bat. Nice. <laughs> no, we had um, what was it called? Wrench. We had wrench that we could play with, and it wasn't so much playing as it was standing there while my dad worked uh, on the engine and yelled at me for not holding the <laughs> wrench and flashlight correctly. So, so I guess that's two, right? Flashlight and wrench. Yeah, it's the same idea. They really do the same thing. Sure. Wow, this this got off to a dark start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing that Paul mentioned during his episode was he felt his list was very fluid and it changed from week to week depending on the on his mood for his games. Is that like that for you, or is your top five fairly fixed? For the most part, there are staples or like you know things that will always be there. I, I thought about getting on Twitter and looking back in my history because I've been tagged in a number of like top four, top five, top whatever, you know, retro video games. And this is a little bit more broad than just retro. Spoiler, all my shit is going to be retro. But I, I didn't do that because like Paul had said, and like you've, you know, recapped just now, it is fluid. But for the most part, the same franchises are there. But I, I, I'm getting ahead of myself, so. All right. Well, you know, let's let's start. Let's give us give us your number five. Number five. Now, the reason that I'm saying this is not because it's my fifth favorite game, but because it is a type of game that I don't typically play. So of the genre of games, it is the best, in my opinion. It checks off the box of soundtrack. It's got a great soundtrack, even though it doesn't need to have one, but also replayability. Um, and that game is Tecmo Super Bowl. 
or Super Tecmo Bowl. I've heard it said both ways, but it's the one for the Nintendo 8-bit entertainment system, the NES. I was going to say Moon Crystal, <laughs> but I couldn't be more wrong. <laughs> no, no, but Moon Crystal is fun. Doing the blind run of that was great, and I was obsessed. But since then, I've gone back and I've played Tecmo Super Bowl probably four or five times, like full seasons. Yeah, this is a game I grew up playing with my brother probably about five or six years ago. He and I had done a full competitive season where we start off, if you're familiar with American football, there's the AFC and the NFC. And, you know, half the teams are on one side, half the teams are on the other. And then one team from the AFC goes to the Super Bowl. One from the NFC goes to the Super Bowl. And that's how football is done. So anyway, we started off the season. I picked a team from the NFC. He picked a team from the AFC. And then we switched conferences. And then we would keep doing that until we whittled it down to just the last two teams. And hopefully we both made it to the Super Bowl. And uh, But I'm not sure that our friendship did. <laughs> well, how long would that take to go through an entire season like that? And really, it's not too bad. A game itself can last about 10 to 15 minutes if you know what plays you're going to do. Okay. So it's really not too bad. We could sit down and within an hour knock out two or three games and have a couple of beers. And uh, it was it was it was fun. But this is a game that goes back to my childhood. I grew up playing as the New York football giants. Uh, Lawrence Taylor, need I say more? I, I'm not going to talk too much on this with specifics because I know a lot of people out there aren't into sports ball. I, I'm not into a lot of sports games, but I, I like some of them. Usually the ones I like are the more absurd ones. Mutant League Hockey, um, <laughs> NBA Jam, you know, these very weird takes. But Tecmo Super Bowl was just brilliant. The gameplay was great. Even though the schedules were, were set, you could play as whatever team you wanted. And honestly, you, you could change your plays. You could change your roster of characters. It was so incredibly customizable for that time. Uh, and, and even today, even though I have option of playing as any of these teams, I've really only ever done full seasons as as maybe five or six teams so by that reckoning i've got another 145 years or so before i'm fed (laughs) up with this game so again for this one being your top five is it mostly because of the the couch co-op type of thing kind of there's not a lot of co-op games that i have on my list here okay i thought about putting contra on the list because you know of course there's a huge nostalgia factor Um, and that is a game that i can play over and over and i enjoy playing it with another person uh, shout out to my wife and our first date. Um, but that's, you know, uh, but Contra is not on the list. But no, yes, so the co- uh, the co-op thing is is a blast. Doing it on your own is a blast. And uh, again, um, graphically, playability, uh, this is the ultimate replayability thing, even though there's not like a plot or unlockables. You can just play with any of these other couple dozen teams. So right. hopefully that makes sense. And for being a sports ball game, it, it really is great. And then again, I cannot say this or emphasize this enough. The soundtrack, everybody put down your phones and look at me. <laughs> Fox. Really? See, yes. When I think of good soundtracks, <laughs> sports games don't usually come to mind. But that's what I'm saying. It had no business being that good. The original Tecmo Bowl had a couple of bangers. And really, it only has a couple of songs. <laughs> yeah, but, it's like uh, yeah, one song on most of these games. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a couple. But with this, you've got the the opener, you got the closer, you got the Super Bowl, you've got the um, uh, the game, the playoffs, and the Super Bowl have their own tracks. So it's just, and each one is is solid. Like, it, it has no business being as good as it is. 
and they didn't need to go that hard, but they did. And I've, I've always liked it. Okay. All right. You know what? Now I have to look this up just for the mm-hmm. soundtrack because I'm one of those guys. I'm not really big into the sports games, mm-hmm. but there's been a few that I've liked or had nostalgia for, like uh, Sports Talk Baseball on the Genesis is one that I like. I, you know, it's a gimmick, but I enjoyed it. So I can appreciate that. If they would do, if there's a way to play online, imagine, um, you know, uh, well, any number of, of mobile games now that you can play, you know, imagine Among Us, but instead of Sus, uh, sus sorry, um, you know, Murderers, you, you, it's just Tech Mobile with your friends. I would, if maybe it exists and maybe I don't know about it. If it does, somebody reach out and let me know. I would love to do that. I'd love to play that. With the way I play Among Us, if I played Super Tech Mobile, within the first 30 seconds of a play, I would smash a red button and cry foul. <laughs> that's, that's how I'd roll. That sounds like how I do sex. Uh, yeah, so let's move on. <laughs> smash that button. Number four. <laughs> Call foul, yeah. Oh, number four, that you're back at me. <laughs> it's, it's GP's top five. I, I Yeah, let's go ahead and address... Actually, you know, with number four, we're going to go with Mega Man 4. Uh-huh. Do you want to know about number three now, or are you just wanting to skip it? <laughs> <laughs> Mega Man 4. Are you... You're not, no, here's are you why. Serious? Yes, I, I love this game. <laughs> In a similar way to um, Tecmo Super Bowl, there's a lot of nostalgia. You're going to see... I mean, you can just go ahead and say that for every one of my games here. They're, they're all yeah. heavy with nostalgia. I've tried to remove that factor... Uh, to kind of crystallize how I feel about my list, but it's hard to do. But here's the thing. Mega Man 1, great game. Good enough to warrant a follow-up. Mega Man 2 took a lot of the stronger parts of 1, but then they added some things, they refined some things, they took some other things out. They introduced, uh, you know, the iconic eight instead of six robot masters you got to fight they did the refights with the capsule teleporters instead of you know organically coming across them through stages they added the item weapons you know item one item two item three uh they they really refined the game in two three came out and for as many faults as i feel that game has they added rush instead of items 1 2 and 3 which is tremendous and a huge leap forward and they introduced the slide which is iconic yes so then with 4 they nerfed rush cuz he was a little op in 3 they kept the slide they added the charge buster which is a huge reason i think it's one of the best ones cuz now every time you play a mega man game that's something he can do and it's it's become almost synonymous with uh, the you know the abilities for that for for that franchise um, but yeah, with four, they added that, they, they tweaked Rush, they gave you the balloon and they gave you the wire. They didn't have to do that. You don't need them, but it's whatever. But the gameplay is great. It is crisp. It is colorful. The bad guys are great. And again, the soundtrack, you all know I love music. Yeah. So I, I talk a lot about that, but the soundtrack is above and beyond. I specifically think of Dustman for being kind of a weird character in a not that difficult stage. His soundtrack is amazing. Like that that stage song for Dustman gives so many feels. Part of it's nostalgia, but I think anybody could hear it and be like, dude, yeah, shit's dope. His stage might be garbage, literally, but that track <laughs> is is still pretty banging. And if you look at the background, it's it's a garbage fire, right? That's the joke. Yeah. 
But it's I also, also like Skull Man stage a lot as well. I do like Mega Man Four. Mm-hmm. I know we've we've argued about this point before, but I do like Mega Man Four. I think number two is a damn well perfect game, right? And I do like three, but I could appreciate four even if I thought you're just making a meme with me. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, here, here's the thing. I think two is great by virtue of how much better it is than one and three. I think it is a mirage a bit. I mean, it, it's a great game. I don't want anybody to be like, oh, GP hates two. I, I love number two. It is a solid entry, but it's because it's so much better than one and stronger than three. Three is a great game, but again, and I've gone through this ad nauseum. I'm not going to bore everybody with it, but it uh, it has too much stuff in it, too much fluff, too much extra stuff that right. is never explained and is not necessary. Uh, whereas two... They just reinvented what they needed to from one to make it more interesting and, and tighter. And I think that's why it's so good. It's yeah. it's a, a close second place to me after number four. But I think four, they ramped it up and ramped it up and refined it. And then they hit four and it was so great. And then you look at five and six and the quality started to go back down. So yeah. to me, four is like the precipice, the paramount, the the tip top, whatever the fuck you want to say. It's, it's as good as the Mega Man series ever got. In my humble but still infinitely correct opinion. <laughs> also, 9 and 10 were good, but 4, four is the titties. I, I don't think I played 9 or 10, but I, I will say out of the Mega Man games as a kid that I owned, mm-hmm. it was only 3 and 4, so yeah. to be fair. So I, I agree with you. 4, I think, is definitely the point, the apex of the franchise. Okay. And apex, then it's that's all downhill from there. The zenith. The zenith, yeah. Why are we doing like... We, we should have a thesaurus bend with this sort of anyway it doesn't matter well for a while we were doing the word of the day on the podcast as a joke but that just turned to be rap scallion every other episode so forgot about that. yeah I forgot gotta about bring that, that back we should everybody yeah we should make that a thing if you're listening join our discord and then i will start starting tomorrow because we're going to record an episode tomorrow uh i will start bringing back word of the day where i will drop a word that is not typically used in in sentences and if you can figure out what it is you will win nothing but we will tell you if you're right you'll just win mad respect from the press beat crew that's yeah, all. there you go i like that all right. all right okay all right well what's your number so number four four was megman four that's yeah four, four was four yeah that's why i went ahead and, and moved it around there um, but surely number three is Mega Man 3, right? <laughs> no, but I like that. Uh, I like that logic. <laughs> the next one is going to be the Zelda franchise. Um, specifically, and this one I think is going to make people scratch their heads, uh, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. Okay. Now, Paul and I agree on a great many things where it comes to video games. So many of our ag- agreements come from nostalgia or first exposures. And it's kind of that way for me with Zelda 2. I love, love, love the Zelda franchise. There's a lot, actually, of Zelda games out there that I have yet to play. Um, I just did a blind run of Link to the Past about a year ago. Right, and, I remember that. Or a first playthrough. I shouldn't call it a blind run, but it was a, a first... Well, I guess it was a blind run. But um, I, every time I play a Zelda game, I love it. I've watched Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild is one of the few games I can watch anybody play anytime for a long time. Never gets old. Right. Yeah. But Zelda 2 was the first Zelda game I had ever played. And I have very fond memories of trial and error. I, that's kinda, I kind of cut my teeth with that game. Because it was the RPG-esque feeling of some of the Final Fantasy games. Which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. <laughs> uh, and, but without all the talking. So a lot of it was trial and error and exploration and... 
sorry, we're not going to give you very concise or very well-written cues or clues, <laughs> so figure it out. Yeah. And I remember walking a couple blocks to the public library back in like 1997 when we didn't have the internet, but the library did, and printing out maps and codes and just giving them a dime oh, for wow. every page that I printed out, and they realized we are, we are severely undercharging for, <laughs> for, color, for color printouts. So I, I love, again, the soundtrack to two. Very, very classic, especially the dungeon or the castle themes. I love the the ability to choose your your upgrades whenever you get enough experience. I thought that was you know brilliant, and that gave it some replayability. Never mind the new game plus that you can do. Did you ever did you ever do a new game plus? I I have, but not anywhere near recently. Like it was in okay. probably the late two thousands, like oh eight oh nine. You know, like I I know Zelda two gets. There's a lot of hate for it mm-hmm. from a lot of folks, but I feel like recently, at least, or at least in the last year or so, at least on Twitch and, and hanging around a lot of people's streams, there's more of appreciation for Zelda 2 than there has been, uh, I've noticed. Uh, I like the game. I, I think it's fine. I, I treat it more of a different genre, right? It's definitely a platformer. Right. It, it feels different. It's a solid title. I like it a lot. It's. I was playing it recently, and it reminds me how lost you get <laughs> in that game. I don't know <laughs> yeah. where damn well anything is in that game. I know like the first two or three dungeons pretty good, but after that, mm. forget it. Um, I have to break open a guide, but it's an yeah. enjoyable game though. The, the spirit of exploration, right? Like when you look at breath of the wild and you go back to Zelda two, there is a connection. It feels like with the exploration spirit in those games. Yeah. I think that's very well said. And I think one of the great things about, video game streaming and YouTube videos and all this stuff is people can watch somebody play a game and be like, you know what, maybe maybe this isn't as crappy as I thought it was when I was a kid. Maybe I need to give it another chance. Because I, I think our taste in video games, similar to our, our taste buds, evolve and change as we as we grow. You know, So maybe you didn't like Zelda 2 the first time you tried it, but in the years since, maybe you've been exposed to a different type of similar gameplay that reframes how you would play Zelda 2. So you go back, you try it, and you realize, you know, I just wasn't in the right place to play this game as opposed to this game sucks. You know, that's true. You know, Golden Axe is like a tomato. I hated tomatoes as a kid. (laughs) But having played Golden Axe recently, I can appreciate it now. I like it. Sure. But on the same thing, same tone, you have Donkey Kong Country is just a rotten piece of meat no matter how you slice it. (laughs) No, it's a great game. Yeah, You're going to no. be pissed when I tell you what my, my number two choice Fuck. is. <laughs> All right. Well, Zelda 2, though, is, is a great pick. Yeah. It's one where I kind of wish they would do a remaster or uh, at some point or another sure. game in that similar style. I'd love to see another 2D Zelda game. I don't think we'll ever get it, though. Or even give us like a, a big, vast exploration type of Zelda game with that same map. I mean, you can flesh it out, you can make it bigger, of course, and add things, but just let us know that that's what Hyrule looks like in some other follow-up, and that right. would be that would be cool, you know, with the cave and the trophies and people hindi- hiding mirrors and stuff like that. I just want an NPC named Error. I want yes. them to just bring that joke back. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and this is one of those, when we talk about, like, the fluidity of the lists, I'm pretty sure I'm always going to want to have a Zelda game on my top five. I, I, you know, you look at it like Desert Island, you know, if you can take five games and a TV and a console or whatever to a Desert Island, what game are you going to take? What, what, what's your list? 
Yeah. And there's there's always a Zelda. It's not always Zelda two. Most of the time it is, but you know, it really an argument or a discussion could ha- be had over uh, Zelda one. I to me, I think the reason I like two over one is two has different playability things. With with one, you can choose what to spend your money on and the order you want to do things. But I don't, I don't know. Two just does it for me. And again, that said, there's there's still a lot of Zelda I have yet to play. So yeah. No, that's a fair point. Desert Island for me would definitely have a Zelda game in there. Probably a Mario title and probably a Final Fantasy. Like it just seems like a no-brainer that those franchises are just core to Nintendo. Yeah. Well, and yeah, so okay, I take that back. You're gonna love my my top two. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably guess. Yeah, I hate how vanilla and kind of predictable these are, but I like the I like the discussion about the reason why because you know. People play these games and they come away with different experiences based on their own lives. And I, I think that's really where the magic of video games lies. You can have an identifiably or uh, ostensibly great, well-developed game. But really, it's the context of your own internal experiences that, that shape what's... God, I sound so preachy. <laughs> what is this, Twitter? Number two is Bible Adventures. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not... How fucked up would that be if number two was Bible Adventures and one was like Doom? Or Super Noah's Ark, yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's classic games. Yeah, so for me, number two is going to be a Mario game. Now, okay. this one, as I was putting the list together, I, I went through all of the ones that I, I love the most and tried to figure out what, what should be on there. I even discussed, you know, to myself, should I just say the original Super Mario Brothers? Because that's such a great game. And yes, I've played it you know, 100%, you know, speed ran it. I've done all these things. But, you know, then I thought about what about Doki Doki, you know, Mario 2. And it, I, I can play that game an infinite number of times. Like, I never get tired of playing 2. But it, it still doesn't feel quite right enough to be the best, in my opinion, of the Mario franchise. If I'm going to kill 12 minutes, yeah, I'll, I'll run through that. It's bright, it's playful, it's colorful. Yeah. It set up things that will be, you know, introduced or maintained later on in the franchise. I love the game. I'm not one of those haters for 2. I love 2. Like, 2 is probably, yeah. it's not my favorite Mario game, but I do mm-hmm. quite love it quite a bit. But it's interesting you say Mario 1, because I don't think anybody ever says Mario Brothers 1 is their favorite. It's almost always, like, 3 or World or something. So, yeah. It, it, it's iconic. It, it kicked things off, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get as much love, I think, as the other ones in the franchise. Sure. Well, okay, so that kind of takes me to where I was. Like, the main crux of my internal wrestling today was between 3 and World and 64. Right. Ultimately, uh, well, I'll let you deduce which one I choose. The thing about World. World is great. World is playful. It is as colorful and playful as Doki Doki, you know, as number two. To me, those those are kind of cousin games. I know it sounds silly, but in my head, that's how it, how it works. Um, but it, it's not two. My favorite, or sorry, it's not World. My favorite thing about World is there's different exits for the for the stages, you know what I mean? There's different ways to complete a stage. Right. Really, that's, that's the marker for how you tell how much of the game you've done is the number of exits that you found. And, you know, you can play the long haul for the game you can 100% it or you can speed run it you can do star road you can do the bonus stages after there's so much to love about world but it's not quite there for me so then i think is it between well it's obviously between 64 and three. Oh, and as i'm saying this now i'm i'm second guessing my my thought train from earlier 
when I put together this list this time, I said 64. The reason it's not three is because I chose 64. Literally, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> three is so great. It's yeah. got shortcuts. You could speed run it. It's got Tanuki suits. It's got the Hammer Brother. It's got all these various different things that it introduced and that they've kept on in like the 3D world and, and other, you know, things later on they, with the suits. Oh, man, I do love three, but I think ultimately 64 edges it out just barely because all those things that I mentioned, with the exception of the suits, uh, you have that same kind of ability to play it in 64. You've got, you know, the ability to 100% it. You can, you know, you can go in any order that you want, which is really the one thing that I think it has over three. Uh, It doesn't have warp whistles, but you can, you know, you can do zero star runs you can do 16 or 60 or 72 you know there's no shortage of different ways to play it right the one thing that oddly enough is in the pro column for 64 is that there are sections of the game that i hate there's no part (laughs) there's no world of three where i'm like fuck this it's close because there's underwater and there's ice levels but there are one or two places in 64 where i'm like fuck this game man (laughs) fuck this game but uh, but because you hate some of it, that's why it, that's why it beats Mario three. Yes, because it it, <laughs> it it evokes multiple emotions, like emotional responses, guttural responses, as opposed to Mario three, which is this is pleasant, this is absolutely wonderful. Uh, you know, there's no part of of three. I've never raged on three. I could see how people do, but I think my inability to rage on three is not because of the difficulty level. I think it's because even. It's like cold pizza. It's still pretty good. So even the worst version of 3 is still pretty fucking great. But then you look at 64, and I've never raged really with it, but I get to this point where I'm like, I swear to God, if I die here again, you know, you have that, uh, you, you don't want to quit, but you want to power through it. And that's that's 64, man. That's, that's Hazy Maze Castle or Cave or whatever. And once you get through that, then it's just clear skies. But I fucking love 64. Can't get enough of it. Yeah, I didn't mind the Hazy Maze Cave. I, I did play through a good chunk of this game recently. I feel like now I need to go back to it and play it from start to finish. Yeah. Because a few of you guys have said how much you love Mario 64. And I don't I don't hate it. I, I like the game. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't... Something, something about having to go back to the same maps again and again for stars kind of mm-hmm. bothered me. And it's as you said, there's some parts that are just rage-inducing. I think I even said before in an earlier episode... The uh, the desert level, the the part where the vulture has your your hat, <laughs> yeah, that son of a bitch, and chasing him around like flying around in that game was terrible. I did not like that or the power ups at all in that game. Really, uh, and, and something about some of the levels felt, you know, I'm trying to give it a break because it was it was revolutionary for 3D platformers. Yeah, but some of the maps felt really. I look at people who download Unity or Unreal Engine to tinker with and make their own little fan games. Mm-hmm. And like some of those Bowser stages feel like really crappy made flash games. Mm. Like just in terms of like 3d games with just bits and pieces strung together. And I don't, I don't like those levels. And then it's only those parts. I don't like, like the rest of the game, I think is quite solid. I love the, the ice level. That's the only time I'll ever say I like an ice level is Mario 64. Mostly because of the penguin sliding. I think is amazing. Well, it's, it's got actually, it's got two very solid yes. ice stages. Yeah. Yeah. And, and both are fun. And there's a lot of, a lot of fun moments in there, but mm-hmm. something about having to go in and get all the stars is a bit of a chore for me because some of them I, I do not like 
for that salt. But sure. as you said, it's great because you don't have to do all that. You can say, I've had enough <laughs> of this painting. I'm done. I'll move to the next one. And you have that option and you can beat the game without getting all the stars. You can skip the ones you don't like, which I think is something fantastic. And that's something they've done in other Mario games as well, where the stars are optional. And I think that's a good way of going about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think everything you just said was really just spot on. Um, in my in my mind, I you know, I, I, I kind of every time I start this game, I still feel like I did the first time I played it in that there is a sense of scope and size. Yeah. Mario 3 was a big game, but just because of all the numbers of stages and the eight different worlds. This is a big game by virtue of subdividing. There's this <laughs> one building with all these different rooms, and there's all these different paintings, and there's all these different stars inside all these different paintings. So there it seems big. I, I will always remember having a sense of awe the first time I went into uh, the TikTok clock stage, uh, right. level 14 or whatever, standing there and, and you know, hitting the, the, the view where you're not lacking to your Mario and just looking up and seeing how high it goes. And it's just a giant cylinder that you're in. And I remember in Hazy Maze Cave going to the uh, Loch Ness Monster area and 12-year-old right. me was terrified of water, like, you know, <laughs> uh, that had things in it. I, I love swimming. But oceans and lakes scared the piss out of me. So <clears throat> just things like that. I, I still, and I think the flying, I mean, you know, maybe, yes, it it is jank now, but I still see that game through 12-year-old eyes. So to me, it was it was fun and challenging and, and a blast. So, yeah, I, yeah, I love 64. I, I'm, I'm glad I said all the words because now I do feel good about 64 being on the list. Well, I, I think the first opening sequence, just when you run up to that castle, it's just very much an awe-inspiring moment. And there's, mm -hmm. there's nothing quite like that in any of the Mario games, right? Like, even in the ones like Odyssey, which I like Odyssey, mm -hmm. but you don't have that same, like, oh my gosh, Peach's Castle, larger <laughs> than life, right in front of you. And you're right, it's, it's such an expansive game. Yeah, yeah I, can, I can appreciate that. I still love Mario 3, maybe more. Okay. But, they're, but this is like, they're both amazing games, right? You can't dispute it. So, a completely nerdy thing, and some of you people out there hear us talk about this, and usually it's a joke, but this is 100% true. Uh, I actually do have a mind palace, and the mind palace is um, Peach's Castle from, from Mario 64. <laughs> okay. No, it's, it's, it's a thing that I, I, I read about and learned about um, in my late 20s, and uh, I, I have this horrible fear of being forgetful. Because I spent so much of my life kind of as just this right. idiot. And while I still am, now I can remember the stupid stuff that I've said. So, but anyway, yeah, the uh, Peach's Castle in my, in my, you know, palace, it's bigger. But it's, it's, that's the rubric that, that it was all built upon. I know how cringy and, and nerdy all that is, but that's, that's a little bit of an insight into the inner workings of me. Well, hey, that's what this episode's for. The inner brains of GP. And how he can pick Mega Man 4. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I can pick Mega Man 4. It's that I can eloquently make a decent argument for Mega Man yes, 4, right? Yes, and you totally did. All right. So number three was Mario 64? No, number three was Zelda 2. Number Wait, two was, was Mario 64. So fast I forget Zelda 2. Wow. I can teach you the Mind Palace. <laughs> or even just a pen and paper, dude. I'm kidding. You're, you're nailing it with the interviewing. And I, I, I adored it. I want to say this. I adored the episode of, of uh, your top five and then Paul's top five, which came out just a few weeks ago. I thought uh, 
It's incredibly insightful. And I think if you have never thought about being a professional interviewer, you, you should absolutely do that because I think you're wonderful at it. Oh, well, thank you. I'm just glad I'm doing okay because I'm, I'm not high this week. <laughs> so. Really? Because I feel like I seem so much more interesting when you are high. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> Tell my wife that. All right. So number two was Mare 64. <laughs> yeah. What's the number one? Wait, hold on. Hold on. Let, me, let me guess. Let me, let me guess. It's not Moon Crystal. <laughs> Spoiler alerts. It's not Moon Crystal. I got to say, it's, it's going to be Final Fantasy IV or Mega Man X. Those are my guesses. But you, you, you lead me up to it. Both very good guesses. And one of those is correct. <laughs> okay. so, this is where I leave you. Everybody have a great night. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Before we get to that, I, I do want to throw out a couple of honorable mentions, though, if that's okay. Because yes. I, I realize these are all retro games. There are some games that are newer that I've played that I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but the honorable mentions... Uh, actually are also retro. <laughs> <laughs> Not a modern game on this episode. Not a single one, but it's the retro therapy. Like, this is, I think, what people... people. It's expect. on brand. Uh, right. So, honorable mentions, I I thought to myself about, okay, the three games that I speedrun fairly well. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, great game. I love it. I love the series. Yeah. Not quite there for me with the top five. Definitely top ten title. Not top five. In fact, these honor- honorable mentions obviously are all top ten. Uh, Battletoads. The only reason Battletoads is not on here is because I don't have the nostalgia for it because I just did that uh, blind run two or three years ago. Right. Uh, but since then, doing the speed running, learning, you know, the glitches, learning the full playthrough, seeing the different ways people play it and, and the different strats, I, I really am in love with with Battletoads. And it's got, I think, probably the single greatest anxiety-inducing stage of all time, and that is the Rat Race. That one, really? Doesn't matter how good you... Yes, no matter how good you are at it, there's always going to be a twinge of like, oh shit, am I going to fuck this up? Now, obviously, you can glitch through it and not ever have to do it, but the one thing I hate about the game is that you can glitch through it and not have to do it. I mean, you have to if you're going for speedrun time, but right. it's such a, a wonderfully put together and designed stage. The rats get faster, the stages get more tricky, or the stage gets more tricky, and the uh, the music gets more and more anxiety-inducing. It's such a well-composed design stage. And then you have to fight the BDSM bull at the end, and I'm here <laughs> for every bit of it. If I ever cosplay, I'll probably end up be the, I'll, I'll be the uh, BDSM... That's a deep pull if you ever Minotaur. go to a convention. Yeah. Yeah. No, Battletoads is a great game. It's yeah. one that I don't think I'll ever beat because <laughs> it's so hard. Sure. But I can totally appreciate the graphics, the music, design. It's it's solid. Sure. All right. But it's not sure. Battletoads. Right. And then, uh, sorry, last honorable mention because of the speedrunning thing is Silver Surfer. The reason it didn't make it on there is <laughs> obviously uh, I didn't have the nostalgia. We did the blind run a couple years ago. I fell in love with it. Been doing the speedruns. I'm still ranked third. I think if I was the world record holder for it, I would probably add it on there because of my <laughs> ego. I think we all know I have just this epic ego, uh, but I'm a little little bitter about being third. I used to be second, then somebody got a new record, so now I'm third. But also, kind of like with, with Tecmo Super Bowl, I'm not a huge fan of that genre of side-scrolling you know, shooters. Uh, I enjoy Life Force and, and those types of games, but I very rarely ever seek them out. So Silver Surfer I thought about, but no, it's it's not going to be on there. But it is a great game. You think you're salty at third place. At least you're not down to 24th. <laughs> well, it helps that there's only like 14 people running it. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also, of course, Final Fantasy VI. Final Fantasy IV is my favorite game of all time. 
six, I, 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 you guys have all heard me say this. I will. I'm, I'm getting tough. Disheveled here, yeah. If anybody ever wants to call me on it, I will absolutely 100% always admit six is probably the better game. Four is my favorite, though. Again, Desert Island. You can only take one. I'm going four. Six is emotionally damaging and, like, wrecking. You know, if I ever want a good cry, I will think about Cyan. Right. Didn't used to be the case, but now I'm a a husband and a father. And his whole thing. But that's what six is, is a series of more and more tragic events. And then little bits of hope that you try to regather for this big, awesome, ultimate ending. And it's so well done, and I fucking love six. But for me, four was the introduction to role-playing games. For me, I learned how to read and speed read, kind of doing Final Fantasy IV. The characters are so much fun, and they're all so varied. I, there's, you know, as much as I love customizing characters, there is something that is comforting about knowing Kane will always be a dragoon. Ready is always going to be, you know, my wife. And uh, Sid, I'm sorry, a caller. You know, Sid's always going to be my that wife. cantankerous old, you know, Master Roshi guy. So, right. I, I don't know. Four is just great. Um, the OST, but uh, you could say that with most Final Fantasies, but four, there, I, I, I don't have anything bad to say about it. In fact, even the remake is maybe the one game that's better than the classic, which is so bizarre oh. to have a, a, a remake be better than the original. That goes against a very, very firm belief that I have that nothing can ever be better than the original version. Because by definition, the original version is. It is 100% all it can ever be. So every remake can never be 100%, even if you like it more. But that said, the DS remake with the voice acting, the updated soundtrack, um, the gameplay, the augment system, to me, even better than Final Fantasy IV for the SNES. That's pretty. That's a pretty bold statement. <laughs> I know it is the exception that that proves the rule. Other than Johnny Cash singing Nine Inch Nails Hurt," I don't think any remake has ever been as good as that. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Johnny Cash wrote that song. Well, he did, but even Johnny Cash, like, or sorry, even Trent Reznor, came out and said, "Okay, yeah, that was yeah, that was better than what we did." And I fucking I love Nine Inch Nails. I I love Trent Reznor, uh, but yeah, Hurt. Yeah. God dang it. <laughs> anyway. Damn. Yeah. It, it's a it, Final Fantasy Four is it's I don't know. I I love six personally, mm-hmm. but I can definitely appreciate four. Uh, the music, like you said, is amazing. The just the opening scene, right, with the the Red Wings. That theme, that theme for me. Whenever somebody says Final Fantasy Four, that song just plays in my head. Right. Uh-huh. The opening sequence is definitely burned in there. It's the other thing too is like from Final Fantasy One and the NES, mm-hmm. and then it was Super Nintendo Final Fantasy. But it's four, what we got is a two. That jump, right, as a kid, because that's what we had as a kid in, in North America. One and then two. One, and then he has the Super Nintendo, and it's such an amazing leap forward. Right. And it's, there's definitely that nostalgia trip for sure, and how well it was, and how different it was, and cool it was. Um, yeah. I, I do miss the character customizing from the first game, mm-hmm. but uh, the story is infinitely better. Right. Like one barely even had a story. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. One was just a series of things to do. Right. Uh, to get to this end that was incredibly ambiguous. And then you're right to, to go from just having the availability of that. You know, that's like your entire reference for Final Fantasy. And then to get such a tremendous upgrade in Final Fantasy 4, a.k.a. Final Fantasy 2. Yeah. I mean, you're right. It was 
It was staggering. It was jaw-dropping. And it, it made it easy to forgive the poor translation. It made it easy to forgive, you know, things like that. Um, they completely nerfed it. You know, the one that we got is considered the easy type. The hard type, which they later released in other ports, they, they did it as part of Final Fantasy Chronicles on the PlayStation, they, you know, the hard type. Right, with the cinematic added, yeah. Yeah, right. So it's not that hard to find that, but this is this is my catcher in the rye game. Whenever there's a new version out, I have to go and and I have to buy it. And I, I, I don't really know how to explain that, but it, it is kind of an, an um, not an impulse, but like a compulsion to to own as much of this game as I can. Wait, you own this already, don't you? You have a copy of this. Okay, so I've got a loose cart. I've got the CIB, like still in the, the plastic for Final Fantasy II. I've got, <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. I And even uh, earlier today, over my lunch break, I was playing the randomizer, which if you haven't played the randomizer for, for Final Fantasy IV, you got to try it. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And it's one of those things where if I, if I could, I would play it, you know, uh, probably half a dozen times a day just because it's this game that I love and now it's, you know, it's a randomized thing. I don't know. It's stuff. more replayable. Is that Free Enterprise? Yes, Free Enterprise yeah. is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, I, I need to play that or at least try it. It's it's so much fun. Yeah. And I, I've always loved the idea of uh, the phrase is there but, by, well, there, but by the grace of God go I. You know, the kind of coin flip stuff. And that's kind of what it was with Cecil and Golbez, which, you know, spoiler alert, they're brothers. One just got corrupted by this dark force. And I always thought that was such a cool thing. In fact, if somebody ever made a port of this game or like, you know, a, a ROM hack where Cecil is the one who got corrupted and you, your main character is Golbez, I think that would be amazing. But Golbez has always been such a great character. I've actually got this sizable Golbez tattoo on my on my back uh, kind of as a tribute just to the game as a whole. But it, it's... I don't know, man. I, I I can't say enough good stuff about this game. It gives me the feels. It's the first game I ever beat that when I beat it, I put the controller down and I, I didn't like weep, but I had that melancholic feeling of like, I'm not ready for this to be done yet. I'm not ready to leave this world or, you know, and uh, yeah, that's my, that's my number one game. If I could only play one game for the rest of my life, I'd want it to be Final Fantasy four. Well, I mean, it's tough to argue with that. Like it definitely is a solid title. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Do you want to just recap your list real quick before we finish I, it off? I don't even know if I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> no. changed again. <laughs> right. So there's uh, Tecmo Super Bowl at five. Right. Four, we have Mega Man 4. Three was Zelda 2. Two was Mario 3. I'm kidding. Uh, Mario 64. And then uh, the the best game of all time is, is Final Fantasy 4. All right. That's an awesome list, man. You're an awesome list, man. Well, well we're all an awesome list. We're a tall drink of water. There you go. I'm a bit sketchy, but anyway. All right. Well, if you guys enjoyed listening to this episode, please Although, do check us out. Now that Uh-oh. I'm thinking about top five. <laughs> rolling, rolling it back. <laughs> We're rolling, and I'm kidding, of course. Let's let's wrap it up. I've taken enough of your time today. No, I, I just make sure we finish up because I know you have to you have to Metal go. Metal Storm is a great game. <laughs> I'll say that. I've not played that yet, actually. Oh, you've I got watched Cloaked Alien play it though. Oh and, yeah. Uh, well, Cloaked is great as a streamer and yes. Cloaked doing Metal Storm is dope. He's such a patient gamer. <laughs> That's so much more than me. Anyway, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please do consider donating to our Patreon. It helps with the hosting costs and, and doing some of this fun stuff that we like to do, like advertising. 
Yay. That's great. Uh, as well, if you want to, you know, engage with us a little bit more, you can always join our Discord. I don't have links on me because Paul's just taking a break. But if you go to press B to cancel on Twitter, I got a handy tweet promoted to the top there that has all these great links. You can also buy a T-shirt because T-shirts are great. In preparation uh, for that, Paul sent me a quick little voice message of the links. Can I play that real quick? Yeah, sure. God damn it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. It had to be done. At least it's the end of the sorry. episode. Yeah. That joke's got to die. We, we just <laughs> got to let it die. We, we do it because we love you. I know that's messed up, but anyway. It's all right. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> There's nothing to fix. <laughs> GP, GP, where can people find you before you go? Oh, well, uh, I used to stream regularly under the <laughs> retro therapy on twitch.tv. Uh, hopefully that will be coming back. There's a lot of movement happening in real estate right now. So I've been otherwise uh, indisposed. But as soon as everything calms down, I am back at it. Otherwise, just keep checking me out here on Press B to Cancel. And otherwise, uh, if you have missed out on any of my drum content or video content, you can find me on YouTube as The Retro Therapy. Fantastic. And I'm Sick Jake. You can find me on Twitch sometimes. I was really good for a while. I'll get back to it. And on Twitter, S-I-C-J-A-K-E. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Bye, guys and gals. Special thanks for music. Go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressb2cancel.com. And also, feel free to like, comment, subscribe, and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. As always, thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel.